0: Hi everyone, uh, the audio you are about to experience is interesting in more ways than usual. We we were really excited to bring this show back to you, and we had a new method of getting all of our sound that we weren't sure was going to pick up the dishwasher that was running in the next room. Uh, it turns out, yeah, and also the levels are a little strange, and we we don't want to wait another minute to bring this to you. And it is listenable. Everything is clear. Nothing is, you know, deeply annoying. Um, but there are some audio issues, which we will address next episode. Uh, thank you for your forbearance.
1: Think again, my friend. Episode 15, Nostalgias and Reenactments, contains explicit content,
0: What are you listening to for the next half hour? Think again, my friend. It's Think Again, My Friend, a show where people talk into a microphone. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Sugarbaker. Will the panelists, also there are panelists. Uh, Will the panelists introduce uh, themselves starting to my left?
2: I am Kristen McCurdy, and uh, the thing I have in my notes is I'm, I'm dead. I'm just here at a party. <laughs> and I, I know don't know what that's from. I don't, I don't know what it's from, and I don't know why it's in my notes, but I guess...
3: I'll ask you a question about it later. Okay. To I'm Tom
4: Henderson, and I have fond but painful memories of when I got here, moments
0: ago.
3: I'm Brendan Adkins, and it's my fault.
0: (laughs) Uh, Our topic today is Nostalgias and Reenactments, and this is something that Kristen um, proposed uh, that we do a long, long ass-ass time ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember that. The ass or the time?
2: (laughs) Has it come up in your Facebook memories yet? Yes.
4: (laughs) It's my only Facebook memory. (laughs)
2: Kristen said a thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I was wondering if you could say a little bit about why it's of uh, interesting. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I, um, I, I can't remember exactly what conversation or moment um, made me decide that it was important to talk broadly about the concept of um, reenactment, nostalgia, etc., but I know that a big part of my motivation was to talk uh, about Happy Days a lot, um, mm-hmm. because I... <laughs> I have, uh, I have a burning desire to talk about Happy Days a lot of the time. <laughs> like, you get a few drinks into me, and it's one of the things that I will just be like, so, did you know that, and, and I'm talking about it right now because I didn't write any questions about Happy Days, as it turns out. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know that uh, the producers of Happy Days did not want the Fonz to wear a leather jacket? But it turns out that leather jackets are perfectly cromulent safety gear. Of course, they didn't have that word back then. Yeah. Um, they, But they're legitimate safety gear uh, for motorcycle riders. So, because it, leather ga- jackets were associated with gangs in the 50s, probably not mm. even by the 70s. Uh, but they were associated with motor- motorcycle gangs at a time when many people who were adults and call, made calls to the FCC were alive. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, but it's considered legitimate safety gear. So if the motorcycle was in the scene with him, he could wear the leather jacket. And this is why there are so many absurd scenes. <laughs> this is why he rides the motorcycle into uh, into the diner, right?
1: This is also
2: why the motorcycle is... When he moves into the Cunningham's attic, this is why the motorcycle is... Parked in the attic <laughs> at some point Gary Marshall was just like you know what fuck it we're putting the motorcycle in every possible scene and this makes me so happy every time I think about it
0: <laughs> when the inevitable reboot film of Happy Days comes around and that's that counts as reenactment um <laughs> I, I long for a scene where we do a scene with Fonzie in the attic, and then he just rides the motorcycle right out the attic window <laughs> with a smash.
4: Happy Days is weird to me because it's when uh, a sort of nostalgic resonance field began, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s, there it was fun to think about the 50s, and then it meant that there was an 80s version of the 50s. Uh, yeah, which yeah. I can really only characterize by think of Elvis Costello's glasses. That's what <laughs> the nineteen eighties fifties is,
3: and I don't think we've escaped. I think we're we're in a time loop. I mean, it had an enormous cultural influence, in in, in I think partially setting up the fifties as this kind of idyllic heyday, idyllic heyday, um, and also in making Henry Winkler the, the sexual icon that he is today.
2: Um, To to this day,
0: (laughs) I don't know if anybody else wrote questions about that '70s show. Uh, I know I didn't because the wound is still too raw. Mm. Oh,
3: oh! (laughs) Uh, I have actually. I have a question for the group. Okay, Okay. Uh, and I want—I'm going to answer it, and I want you two to answer it as well. How many episodes of
0: Happy Days do you think Kristen has seen? I'm gonna say, and this is based largely on my own television consumption, but I have a feeling we had similar patterns in a lot of ways. I'm gonna say the real figure is probably about a hundred.
2: You know, I would don't answer ask, yet.
0: Uh, Tom has to answer. Well, because
2: uh, I don't know the answer to this either, Brendan. You have the most <laughs> accurate guess, though. I
3: think you'll be. Do
4: Do Joni and Shachi. And more can Mindy count as Happy Days episodes?
2: Very good question.
3: I would say, in this case, no, but good right. question.
4: In that case, then, I think that Kristen has seen three episodes of Happy Days over <laughs> and over and over and over again.
3: That's certainly the case with me in some sitcoms, like... Yeah. somewhere between Frasier, I've live seen live for your same episode of
0: Frasier <laughs> in
2: there, are, there are some shows that it just seems like every time you're like at, uh, staying in a hotel and that's yeah, the thing the that's same on, one on it's always the same one and you're like did they make any other ones why is it always the thunderstorm episode of facts of life every time <laughs> why would you ever
0: want to watch any other episode of the facts
3: of life that was really?
2: a really fucked up episode yeah
3: <laughs> Uh, on the assumption that we're doing closest without going over, I'm going to guess that you've watched four four episodes of Happy Days. Uh,
2: so I would say that my my answer is in the low dozens because I mean the, yeah. there were a lot of episodes of Happy Days. Yeah. Like well, it was, was on for eleven seasons, and, and they were filming
3: were, twenty twenty five episodes a season back then. Yeah,
2: and yeah, I and I you know I would say that I've I've probably only seen. Yeah, 20-some episodes. I know that I have not seen the gamut. Now, I have seen a lot more of... I I watched Laverne and Shirley pretty religiously as a child. Um, and I... Uh, Morgan Mindy I was pretty into for a while. And what's the other spin? I don't think I've seen a single episode of Johnny Loves Chachi.
4: Was Laverne and Shirley a Happy Day off? Yeah. Did they the time travel? That's
2: that? the other crazy thing about Happy Days, is that it was a spin off machine.
3: Like what about Charles everything.
2: in Charge? But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what? What? Chachi in charge.
4: <laughs> oh! But does okay. that mean that La- Laverne would and not Shirley say no to that? We're in. We're in this alternate timeline. Like.
2: Okay, so here's. It's the... all taking
4: place within somebody's dream on St. Elsewhere. People establish that.
2: So okay, no, it does. It does get really crazy. So
4: people really didn't take continuity seriously. Well, then, so. Okay, so
2: Laverne and Shirley was. I think they kept it taking place in the 50s and 60s like I don't remember it that way I remember it as a 70s show except that they wore like nice girl sweaters I don't know but what's, and this is the other funny thing about Laverne and Shirley is on this show they're really nice girls who would never give in to the advances of Lenny and Squiggy but on Happy Days they were sluts um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think they used that word, but like they were like they were no. like a little bit too. They went on a double date with Richie and and Fonzie, and they they had, were a little bit too wild for them.
4: They had extremely happy days.
2: I, I this is the way I remember like the happy days nostalgia thing that I saw when I was a kid in the '90s. Whole other thing there, but anyway, Mork and Mindy is hilarious because Mork was friends with Fonzie. That's when we first see the character, and then he gets his own show, and then. But the show takes place in the 70s, but then they somehow retconned it. And I can't remember which show they retconned to explain the fact that there was a time. I, they well, must Martin's have done alien. it on Mar-
0: You I... can just say that he doesn't age the same way. Either. or Well, he doesn't. This
2: they is age. my role <laughs> on the show. They, they, they do age backwards. Um, but <laughs>
4: but <laughs> as as we know from the wonderful Jonathan Winters.
2: Exactly. Right. So um,
4: I
3: have a semi-serious <laughs> questions. Which is that I thought... Krista, what is the matter with you? I thought Laverne and Shirley was a cop show. That's Cagney and, yeah, and Lacey. and Lacey. Thank you. I've never seen any of these.
0: Cagney <laughs> and Shirley and Laverne and Lacey. <laughs> and Ted and Alice.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would, watch, as soon I would as as... watch
2: that crossover. Well, sure. Who
0: wouldn't? Anyway, this is a show about the Civil
3: War. Yes. <laughs> um...
2: Well, okay, so the, that that actually brings me to my second reason. I'm still talking about that
1: <laughs> why we're doing this show.
2: I just I
0: want to interject real fast. As soon as a hundred came out of my mouth, I realized, oh yeah, that's this is like a dog years thing. Where if you watch a sitcom, you watch twenty episodes, and it feels like a hundred. Yeah.
2: There you go. Uh, exactly. Uh, so like dog so years. the other reason that I got I got interested in um, this this creating this concept was that I found out. That um, I, I saw some TV special about the Civil War on, you know, the History Channel or something, but it was like real. It wasn't. There were no aliens or anything in it. Um, this was before the History Channel was all about aliens or whatever. I, a, anyway, maybe that's not even the History Channel. I don't even know. But <laughs> the point is. Uh, they were talking about the fact that Civil War reenactments as a phenomenon actually started while Civil War veterans were still alive. And it's actually even worse than that. I mean, I shouldn't make value judgments, I guess, but it's (laughs) weirder than that. They, they, um...
0: that's not a value
1: judgment at all.
2: No, I was just thinking that, but... (laughs) It was actually while the war was going on, especially in the early days of the war, people were really into the pageantry of it. Like, before it got super bloody, people were actually doing, like, reenactments of the battles at the time. Like, veterans themselves would be like, oh, so this is what we did. But it continued to be a thing after so the war. So barkers. Yeah. And I mean... Then, I mean, it, of course, the whole thing picked up steam at different points later in history. Um... But yeah, it's it's a very it's a thing that goes way back.
3: I mean, certainly there are people who come home from Iraq who come from home from Afghanistan and pick up Call of Duty, um, which is yeah in its own way that kind of same kind of thing. But it's it's so strange to think about that that the Civil War was something even before the Lost Cause was a, a, a cultural meme.
2: Yeah, uh, that yeah. it
3: was something that we're still they were like playing with.
2: Yeah, um, culturally. Yeah, even before people knew how the war was going to end, they yeah. they really wanted to. And I, I guess it was just because there hadn't, you know, there had been this, the Revolutionary War, which was a really interesting kind of different way of doing combat. And and then there was just kind of the sense of, like, well, there hasn't really been a war like this on American soil before. We don't know how bad it's going to get or how long it's going to last. This is all kind of interesting.
3: Also, we're really bored because there's no TV.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, the, there were battlefields becoming tourist destinations almost immediately. Yeah, almost there was, immediately.
0: There was not even radio or paintings.
2: Yeah. yeah so what else was there to talk about sure. or do? Um, podcasts. Yeah, which I, I just no podcasts.
0: <laughs> that was, no, they had podcasts. They yeah. had
2: podcasts. Yes.
0: So it's understandable that they were desperate for something else. <laughs>
2: Well, they, they just had the one podcast. It was Edison and it was a wax cylinder and it was really weird and far away sounding.
0: Fucking Ira Glass.
2: (laughs) He is that old. Time traveling desk. Um, and I, I I don't know. I just found that interesting. I found it really interesting that this sense of like, we want to sort of create, you know, of a, an idealized past has has been going on for such a long time.
3: Before the past was passed.
2: Yeah. Before the past was passed. Um, I, I don't know, maybe it makes me feel a little bit better about the current nostalgia cycle that seems to have sped up super, super fast. Right, it really hasn't.
1: I mean, um, it yeah. clearly has not.
2: <laughs> Dude, you remember last week when we almost shot each other? <laughs> like... <laughs> I was over there. Mm. Yeah.
3: You
4: know, that actually brings me to my first question. Great. <clears throat> we started reading about the Civil War and Civil War reenactments, and I thought about war and racism and got really depressed and didn't want to write any questions. But it turns out that on this very date, February 3rd, something related to the Civil War that is not racist happened. (laughs) And and it it was was, was an important thing. So what happened on this date near about the Civil War that was uh, super not racist? So 1860s. Was Uh, it the
3: first supersonic airline
0: flight? No. Uh, No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Was it the first recorded um, history of of, uh, evidence of uh, chess pie? It was not. Okay.
2: (laughs) Was this when Frederick Douglass published his first newspaper? I, I cannot
4: that. rule that out, but it is not what I am referring to. On this day in 1870, the 15th Amendment to the United States Constitution is ratified, guaranteeing voting rights to citizens regardless of race.
1: Woo! Ah, well so done, that
0: Amendment. Happened, that happened. Well done. You can done, argue that that's related to racism. Well,
4: but it's... It's not actively it racist. racist. It's not yeah. actively racist. It was racist. not a racist act. It's true. Too. Look, we're not it racist, but...
2: We definitely think people should have the right to vote, regardless. And
4: this made me happy that I could I could come up with a question that had to do with the Civil War and was not horrifically awful. Yeah. Other than the fact that it was necessary.
0: Uh,
1: Yeah, and we. And that we're not doing a super great (laughs) job of it now.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I have a question, and I want you guys to answer. Which of these? <laughs> right. You don't have to answer. Oh, I will. I want you to know what well, my objective is here. Which of these is the name of an actual medieval times knockoff that com- complete with uh, utensil-free meals, heavy on the meat and the starch, uh-huh. uh, and stage shows and music and dueling that I have been to in my real life? Is it A... Wait, wait, what's the location? I can't tell you that yet. I don't About think you can t- tell us that. Uh, Is it A, Renaissance Revels? Is it B, World War Wings and Weck? Is it C... Weck? What? I'll tell you later. Uh, Is it C, Ice Age, The Meltdown? Or is it D, Dixie Stampede? Ice
0: Age, The Meltdown? What was the first one?
3: It's a paleo thing. Oh. Mm -hmm. Heavy on the meat. Mm. The first one was Renaissance Revels.
0: I'm going with the World War. Okay, one. Yeah, that is, yeah. That is B. Yes.
2: Uh, um, I'm gonna go with the Ice Age one.
3: <laughs> Ice Age: The Meltdown.
2: All right. Yeah, I kind of spaced out.
4: <laughs> I'm gonna go with the one with the whack in it because I. If you made that word up, I really want to know why. I did not
3: that. make up that word. Uh, there is a, a chain restaurant called Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck, or BW3s. Where
4: they have duels and so forth. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weck
3: is apparently some kind of toast or something. I don't know if you can actually get it there anymore. It's Which a,
4: a kind of toast that during a jousting battle. Yes, you the... toast each other. Before... No,
3: you're wrong. Kristen is also wrong. Uh, Ice Age the Meltdown, I think, was the
0: third Ice Age movie starring Dennis Leary and Ray Romano or something. I was, my guess was going to be that this was, a, this was like a really commercial-themed restaurant that it, somehow found its way to...
3: <laughs> the correct answer is Dixie Stampede. It is in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or actually Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, in the Smoky Mountains, and uh, it's all about the north and the south. And they have a duel every night between a man riding a horse in gray and a man riding a horse in blue, and uh, sometimes the man in gray wins. Sometimes but, the man in blue wins.
4: But with lances? With guns, with fake guns. Oh! Yeah.
0: Huh. Reality is totally disappointing. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know, it's
3: kind
1: of amazing. I think it's pretty fascinating. They
0: literally refight the Civil War
3: in this place while Um, people watch and eat food. Did the Civil War have a lot
0: of instances of just two dudes on horses charging each other and shooting? That seems very efficient. Right? (laughs) Everybody line up. It's kind of Arthurian. Mm
1: hmm.
3: Yeah, it was it was a strange experience to, that they were like at the end we're all just Americans the saucer to one. Thank you. I was kind of hoping that maybe it
4: would all be in <clears throat> Union and not Union regalia and so forth, but with Morningstar maces and wenches <laughs> and so forth.
3: <laughs> I think they're they're bells rather than wenches, but yes, ah uh, yes yes.
2: I have a question. Please. Unless you have a question, no, um, okay.
0: I, I mean, I do, but it can it can
3: right. rest.
2: So that my works. question is, what is a farb?
0: That's also my question. Is it? It's such a good okay. question. Okay, I demand that you now ask each other the question. Okay. In whatever way we can, uh, we can. Mine multiple delete. choice. Okay.
2: Oh, mine's not multiple choice. Okay. So.
0: We're gonna try all of your choices on Kristen. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Oh <laughs> we'll wait. According to veteran reenactors. What is a FARB? Is it A, a booth, stall, or more recently, Etsy storefront devoted to selling period accurate clothing and accessories? All right, cousin.
2: I know listeners can't tell what face I'm making, but you're
1: just going to have to imagine.
2: <laughs> you have a response.
1: Do I have a response?
3: You could can, can answer how plausible you think this is.
2: I, I, I think that's medium plausible. Okay.
3: B, a participant who shows up at a reenactment but is not serious about it.
2: A little warmer.
3: C, an informal, out-of-character social gathering after an event. Cold. You, you going to the farb after? <laughs> yeah, we're going
2: to farb it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real farby. Spark up a farb. Or <laughs>
3: D, an unlikely and apocryphal sex act that incorporates the ramrod of an antique firearm.
2: You nailed this question. You did a much better <laughs> job writing this question than I did. Uh, my answer to the question, which I did not bother to make multiple choices, is sometimes called a polyester soldier. A farb is a derogatory term used in the hobby of historical reenacting in reference to participants who are perceived to exhibit indifference to historical authenticity, either from a material cultural standpoint or in action. It can also refer to the inauthentic materials used by those reenactors.
3: Maybe adjectivized as farby. That's correct. Mm, mm. Now, the, the mortal enemy of the farb, of course, is the stitch Nazi. Yes, yes. It's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you get really, really strict about counting the stitches on somebody's period
2: clothing. Or, or being like, no, that's, that weave of cotton was not around yeah, but... in 1911 when... Well, but the if Ricitania it's... Was, was uh,
4: <laughs> okay? Hang on, though. But if, if it's a World War II reenactment, and you're in the Allies, and yeah, you're really yeah. serious, then are you a stitch Nazi?
3: I think you can, it can be. It's it's a it's a behind well, the I mean, lines
0: kind of situation. Yeah. What yeah, if yeah. your stitches are exactly on point, and you're wearing polyester?
2: <laughs> Depends on what war you're fighting. Wow.
0: Well, mm. You know,
4: speaking of Nazis. Oh,
2: actually, I have a follow-up question.
4: Okay. To, yes. To, yes.
2: To this. So, what does FARB mean? Is it uh, <clears throat> a far be it from authentic?
1: Ooh. B
2: far be it for me to say what is right. Ellipsis. But ellipsis. C far be it for me to question criticize. D fast and researchless buying. <laughs> Guesses.
0: Uh, fresh
3: and raw beets.
2: <laughs> Very good.
3: Simpsy farm over here on the mic. <laughs> oh my
2: god! That's yep,
0: yep. Thank you for the uh, rap name. You're welcome. Uh, Done. Adopted.
2: You're playing a farmers market near you. Which one was the douchey one? <laughs> All whichever. <of> them.
4: <laughs> whichever. Whichever is the maximally douchey one. I think I, I kind of I think have in the
2: research researchless buying is. I'll kind of yeah. go with That's that one. Of yeah. So the I'll answer, answer is nobody knows the actual yeah. etymology of the term, but all of those, every single one of those, has actually been floated as a theory for the origin of the term in one of the texts that I read.
3: So, according to the same source as Farb, I think, that Kristen <clears throat> and I both found, uh, what is a capper? It's a multiple choice. Uh, this is specifically to do with battle reenactments. Is it A, an informal out-of-character social gathering after an event? Mm -hmm. B, an overly enthusiastic battle reenactor only interested in shooting guns, cap guns? C, an upper limit on the number of people allowed on a battlefield, a historic battlefield, in a certain span of time? Or D, an unlikely and apocryphal sex act
0: that incorporates black powder and a cork? I want to say D, just because I know you want somebody to say D so bad, uh, but it's B. Uh,
2: the problem is I don't remember any of the other ones now. <clears throat> D has eclipsed all of them.
3: You're welcome.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the answer is it is the the, the the upper bound on how many people can be on the battlefield because obviously we're not we're not play acting; we're reenacting. Like how many. How many freaking people were there? Come on, yes. come on!
3: Yeah, unfortunately, Mike is right. this person who just likes to shoot caps a lot, a Yahoo cowboy or capper.
0: Reenactors are are hard to please. Basically, if you're having fun, I mean, the entire present is <laughs> <Because laughs> something they have rejected. So, <laughs> speaking of rejecting the entire present, Tom.
4: Yes, you know I cannot quit talking about Nazis, and I'd like to talk about Nazis now, do but it. not real Nazis. That's sad and boring. Instead, cool Nazis. <laughs> God
3: damn it! Hey teens,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that, that
2: isn't is isn't cool <laughs> just because your friends do.
1: You it like is. Motorhead? <laughs>
3: Let's well, check this.
4: <laughs> I'm nostalgic from the time for the time before I said that. But I'd like to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, oh all right. Which is a time that you're seeing Nazis and you're like, awesome. I'm watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is cool. Finally, I'm having some Nazis. Finally, some Nazis. Exactly. I have some regrets. Um. <laughs> so, changing my name
2: in
4: 1981. Young Chris Strompolos, Eric Zala, and Jason Lamb saw the film Raiders of the Lost Ark. And in 1982, when they were all about 12 years old, they decided to make a shot-for-shot remake of the film, which they did. It took them seven years. So the actors in the film randomly change ages because they did not shoot them in sequence, and so one scene will have a 19-year-old, 12-year-old, on. however while they were very clever they could not figure out a way to shoot one scene to their satisfaction and it wasn't until 2014 that they all reunited with uh, some some crowdfunding help in order to shoot this final scene what was the only scene that they could not figure out how to shoot as uh, as, as teenagers
3: I want to say <clears throat> my first thing is to say the uh, the Plane with no wings flying through the tunnel. Unfortunately, that wasn't in there. That, that was, was, not our, that was in, in The Last Crusade. Right. Um, and now I have to re watch the entire movie again. <laughs> yeah. I saw that Mike was doing that. I I like, it. well. It's a good movie, so it's, it's very <laughs> absorbing. <enjoyable.
0: laughs> is, it, um, is it the scene where uh, he falls through all of the awnings in the Chinatown place and the escape from this? That was Tempest. Also not in the.
4: Also, not in the movie. I,
2: I feel better about the fact that the scene I'm thinking of—I don't remember which Indiana Jones movie it's from because I haven't seen any of those movies since I was, you know, five. You saw them when you were five? I don't know. I couldn't. I, was, I couldn't
4: handle it. I, I.
2: Whenever they came out, but the snake pit scene is the one that everybody remembers um... and is terrifying. And granted, I mean, I'm 35, so maybe I've got an edge on a 12-year-old, but I can figure out how 12-year-olds. Could Snake pit. There
3: is a snake pit scene in every Indiana Jones movie. Oh,
2: good, <laughs> great, great. Yeah, I totally knew that because I'm very, very well versed in all of the the whole story arc of the trilogy. Anyway, was so, it the
3: giant ball? Was it the giant ball? Of it was and... not. It oh. was not
4: the giant boulder scene. It was the scene with the plane fighting on top of a prop plane. Oh. Was considered too dangerous for teenagers for some reason. <laughs> And so it was not until just a couple of years ago that they were able to shoot the final scene somehow being on top of a plane and finish their very weird and delightful dream.
3: Have you actually seen this? I you? haven't, but I'm looking forward to it. I, when are you going to see it? it?
0: Do you want to schedule a movie night? All right. All right
2: let's do Team it. screening. All right.
3: All right. Yeah.
0: Another George Lucas production uh, is related. Uh, I am sad to say Kristen is nodding because she knows she's going to get this kind of treatment for the rest of her life. Um, we of course listeners are all familiar with the 501st Legion aka Vader's Fist a uh, a Oh God, no I thought you were talking about
2: the George Lucas production that is relevant to the topic of the show but well okay. We'll get back <laughs> to that. <laughs> I saw that look of
3: defeat come over your face. We'll get back to that.
2: I'm just going to turn my chair around. I'm going to pretend it's a swivel chair. (laughs) Kristen's
3: trying really hard not to be spoiled for Star Wars. Yeah.
0: So hard.
2: Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: The 501st Legion is an international organization of costuming enthusiasts, uh, etc. It's people who like to dress up like stormtroopers and elide the problematic aspect. Um, you know, there are garrisons and squads and outposts. There's various uh, appellations they use to describe people who like to get together in real space, like location-based subgroups that are, you know, about you get together and you dress up as stormtroopers because it looks cooler that way. Uh, but there are also detachments, which are just geographically distributed uh, groups of people who have a particular interest in a Star Wars character category. And uh, there's a large number of them. I'm going to read you several, and I want you to tell me which one is not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
4: Is one of the detachments called Cool Nazis? Uh, not yet.
0: Okay. <laughs> this, this podcast has to get out there.
2: That's your terrible surf band. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, I, and I want to emphasize we are awful. <laughs>
0: cool Nazis must die. Featuring MC uh, Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, which one of these is not real? Is it Blizzard Force? Is it Flagship Eclipse Detachment? Is it Jolly Roger Squadron? Is it Pathfinder's Detachment? Or is it Moss Eisley Police Department? One of these is not real. One of them is is not real. Uh, there's clearly
3: no police department on Moss Eisley. Okay. I'm
2: going to go with an unlikely and apocryphal sex act. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Featuring Bader's wrist.
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) That one is called the Jolly Roger Squadron. (laughs) Uh,
4: Alright, so, obviously, uh, Snowbiters is real because Hoth. Obviously, Pathfinders is real because Forest. Obviously, Jolly Roger is real because Pirates.
3: It was in the Christmas
4: special. What? It was in the Christmas special. Yes. I... Knew that. And (laughs) obviously... Yeah, me too. Most Isley Police Department is real because they go to the cantina all the time. But the one that is not real is Eclipse Force 5 because they could only meet like every three years and what's the point?
0: Flagship Eclipse Detachment is real. It is Expanded Universe characters. Uh, Uh, um, It doesn't count then. It's not real. In fact, everything I read you is real, but Tom gets the right answer anyway because one of the things he said I didn't say. And that was the Snowbiters, which, what? You know, the, well, the, <laughs> well, I, said, I said Blizzard Force, that which one. is an attachment of Snow Troopers and Snow Scouts well, and, uh, and Wampas. So key. this was a trick question. It was a trick question, one. and I lied to you, Brandon. Honestly. I remember who key. does that. <laughs> You've done it too, I've done it a lot. <laughs> so, I'm going to
2: give guess. myself points also. <laughs> Please, have some points. That that whole question was an unlikely and apocryphal text. <laughs> <acts. laughs>
4: I think it's a little farby to take points for that. But it's <laughs> All
1: right, oh. Kristen. Uh,
2: so I uh, I have a question that takes us back to the uh, the nineteenth century. Um, well, a little bit also back to the nineties. 1997 was the 150th anniversary of the journey of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from Nauvoo, Illinois to Utah. Uh, In celebration, some members of the church, uh, including some descendants of those original pioneers, um, I was not among them, but I I am in that category of person, um, decided to reenact the 1,000-mile trip using reproduction wagons and hand carts and in period dress. How many people participated in this event? Is it A, 500? B, 20,000? C, 10,000? D, I actually wrote C twice, uh, 60,000.
3: 60,000 people reenacted
2: it? Uh, Participated, yeah, participated in the reenactment scenario. Oh,
0: participated in some...
2: Mm.
0: in some stage in some way all right that I think that makes ten thousand the safe call that's so many it's a lot
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's
4: but a lot of more and it's not that's not bigger than like a great big concert right yeah no
0: not at all mm-hmm, yeah i'm,
4: I'm I would I would go with a sizable stadium full and I'm gonna say that's ten thousand I don't know it yeah I've seen stadiums you play it, say
3: 500
2: Uh, so the answer is C, it was 10,000. Um, but that refer that does, you're exactly right. Refer to, I'm pointing to Mike, like people listening to the podcast know that Mike is right in that it refers to the number of people who participated in the trip for any length joining at any point. Uh, So, you know, people who like flew out for a weekend and, you know, did half of Wyoming or something. I don't know why you would do that part of the journey, but, um, I was not able to find the number of people who did the whole 1000 miles um, but but there were some people who did and um, they, they you know they did that whole 1000 miles in very long dresses and and uh, you know starched collar shirts and probably period appropriate shoes which makes my feet hurt oh, just God. to think about it Ooh. although maybe they had way better shoes back then i don't know
0: <laughs> well yeah your shoes were custom made I, yeah, can no. I ask you to say again where in Illinois the the trip was from?
4: It was Nauvoo.
1: Nauvoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. yeah.
2: I I I I always assume that that's just like a word that means something to people who were didn't grow up hearing all of these stories, but yeah, um, I, I I believe that is where they started from um, because that is where the church was sort of headquartered until Joseph Smith was killed and the federal government was like, uh-huh. how about not marrying like multiple people <laughs> and possibly committing other crimes. I don't know about, um, I wonder if that's literally over. not part of my education, but, uh, uh, maybe, maybe leave the United States. And so they went to Utah, which was not yet a state.
4: I wonder if that's over and under did all
2: kinds of things that they wanted to
4: actual number of participants.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a really good question. How many people were the, on the original journey? Yeah.
4: I also want to and know that
2: there's extensive documentation of
4: sure. And, I, and, you know, I bet that as soon as they got there, some of them went right back to start reenacting it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I Look, the they were reenacting the whole way. This is fun. I,
4: you two quit fighting or I will take this reenactment to now. <laughs>
1: All
2: right, enough with the cholera. That's too real.
4: I was going to ask if there was period-appropriate cannibalism, but that's a totally different
2: trip. Totally well, that different was a different trip. Different, uh, a different trip. Yeah. I as, far as we Nazi. Know. Yeah, as far as we know. Yeah, so. Tom, did you have
0: something else?
4: Um, a, a, a general sense of well-being and goodwill toward all of
0: you. Oh. But no questions, no.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> Very kind of you, Tom. Now
0: we, now we know how reenacting ends. All right. Uh, I have one more question. Uh, which is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and this is a, uh, a young woman uh, at the California State University of Northridge, the name of Christine Keller, did a study in December of 2011 uh, about Disneyland.
4: I remember 2011. Right?
2: I took some pictures of my cat in 2011. That That is one thing that I've learned.
0: <laughs> who who told you?
2: Facebook. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to bring the end of the episode, the beginning of the episode together. God...
0: So this young woman did a study on Disneyland and nostalgia Um, as, you know, and Disneyland has always been explicitly about nostalgia. There were stories of people who would show up, you know, in the first decade of the park's existence who actually grew up as Walt Disney did in towns very much like the one that main street USA is based on. And there are stories that those people, you know, they came as part of a larger family, but those people would just be like, yeah, I'm I'm good here. Y'all go off and have fun. Um, Going to just sit on Main Street.
4: And they are entombed within the walls of Main Street to this <laughs> day.
0: Uh, but uh, yeah, this young woman did a, uh, a study. She, uh, she asked um, people on, uh, on various fan groups uh, online uh, and people in the area uh, some questions relating to Disneyland and nostalgia, and she gathered some data on which attractions. Uh, that no longer exist in Disneyland that people feel the most nostalgic about. Uh, out of 96 responses, mm. only 12 did not express a sense of loss for past attractions. Uh, and I want to take guesses on which attractions were the most, uh, the most missed. So Is not multiple choice? No, I'm not giving you multiple choice,
3: motherfuckers. Yeah. What have they ever actually gotten rid of? Uh, the People Mover. I
0: don't think that's around anymore. Uh, it is not. It closed in 1995. I made out on that shortly <laughs> before that. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. I I grew up in Southern California. I've been to Disneyland a zillion times. But oh. It was a long time ago.
0: Okay.
4: Mm-hmm. It, that was sort of the you know the end of year where you went trip. To make out. That's where you went to make out. It was the only place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Orange
4: County is far, so it was like really sure a lot of sense of anticipation. <laughs> Kristen,
0: do you have a guess?
2: Um, I, I don't because I've, I have never been to Disneyland. I have the opposite, opposite experience of Tom's
1: <laughs> and I've
2: certainly never made out there. Um, and I can't, I can't think of anything that they, I mean, I can think of like three Disneyland rides right now. Okay, I, I have
3: several it, Disney world exhibits that I think of. Yeah, but I, I, Disney I ones. just,
2: I, I've got nothing. All right. Well, so, well something involving canoes.
4: So, uh, I'm going to guess that whatever the hell the Indiana Jones ride replaced is sorely missed, and I cannot for the life of me remember what that
3: was. I can think of two more. Uh, right next to that is what used to be the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Oh, that's totally gone, isn't that it? That is it thats now the Tarzan Treehouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, not far away is what used to be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh. That's now a Finding Nemo themed some sub-ride. Alright, so the, the
0: first two things that you both mentioned, the People Mover and the Skyway, are the first and second most missed attractions that are closed at Disneyland. Hmm. Huh. 33 people missed the People Mover, the Skyway, 22 people missed it, it closed in 1994. I was sure Skyway was going to be number one because it was like the one place in Disneyland where you could smoke a joint. <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, the People Mover they have cameras on. So the mover did nothing. It, it just moved. <laughs> You're saying it did nothing for me? That was that was an important
4: moment. Tom, we've heard things. Well, and you've also heard that thousands of people missed that ride. So I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna leave that there. Or dozens,
3: <laughs> dozens, dozens. You know,
2: strong dozens. Very, very moved.
0: Uh, Twenty thousand leagues under the sea did not become the submarine voyage. The submarine voyage was a different thing in a different place. Oh, okay. and. Uh, and also, 12 people in this survey miss it, but it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> the ride what? is... The ride vehicles are the same. The ride content no, does now have a bunch of Finding Nemo in it. Okay, so it's still 20,000 yeah. Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. So no, it's not 20,000 Leagues Under <laughs> the Sea. It's Submarine Voyage, which oh, it was when I attended. Oh, yeah, it, right had no, it had no storyline going there. at all. There was, at one point, a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea exhibit. Basically, it was one of the big Nautilus sets that they built. Inside oh. kind of a bigger set that they built. It
2: was just a walkthrough thing. So I found out something about Disneyland last night that is actually uh, on topic and and kind of like is messing with my head uh, the more I think about it. So I watched Lady and the Tramp last night and the, the special feature uh, came on right afterwards and it was about Walt Disney's apartment at Disneyland. Yeah. Mm. Does everybody know about this, but me? Everybody who's a Disneyland
0: nerd knows it.
2: Okay, not. yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's no. you know, he's not really frozen, but, <laughs> um, but okay, so Walt Disney built an apartment for himself in in one of the build. I think the firehouse. Yes, the the, the there firehouse. Like the second right in town story of the the firehouse, yeah. and he did it. He, it's all Victorian decor. Um, and I think that, that must be the reason that this was appended to the, um, the Lady and the Tramp DVD, because Lady and the Tramp takes place during the Victorian period. And there were a lot of movies that came out during that time, but that's because it was right before 1906, right? It's like right before the copyright act, there's all these children's books that Uh... can get made into Disney movies. It's the funniest damn thing. But anyway, Hmm. But apparently, he had this obsession with Victorian decor. But he didn't want it in his usual house where he normally lived. But he would have his like his daughter bring her kids there, and they would stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, whatever whatever ride was next to it, they never turned the soundtrack off.
0: Oh, yep. Um,
2: yep. And it was the jungle ride, <clears throat> and yep. so there were there were like guns shooting at hippopotamuses (laughs) all night long. Which the kids thought was amazing. I think this is the weirdest thing. Like he would just stand in the window and like look out at Disneyland.
3: Oh sure. That's both deeply weird and absolutely something I would do.
2: Yeah, Yeah. right. If I I built Disneyland, yeah. If I were gonna make (laughs) McCurdy Land I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna have a secret apartment there and just like like, go there and hang out. Watch. See what people do on Main Street.
0: McCurdy Land is entirely secret apartments.
4: (laughs) See, I don't know. I'd I just want to be one of the animatronics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so well, instead uh, of being frozen when you die, <laughs> you yeah, keep moving
4: forever. Yeah. Yeah. Forever I'm
2: frozen. <laughs> well, this is the joke
0: about the Haunted Mansion is that, like, if you were a ghost, oh, I totally want to go haunt the Haunted Mansion, except wait, then everybody would just think I was a shitty special effect. And it would be a special kind <laughs> of hell.
2: I would watch an entire movie based on that premise. <laughs> <laughs> It would be my favorite in, thing.
3: Like, if you died on the Haunted Mansion ride, you have to haunt it now.
2: <laughs> right? You're like, ah,
1: this <laughs> again. This is so
2: boring. Can't even get a beer here. <laughs> All right, Should have well... died at California Adventure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Does anybody have any more questions? Nope. Okay, well, in answer to that question, I'm going to phone a friend. I am going to uh, call my friend, actual historical reenactor, Aaron mccann
2: Whoa, whoa.
3: He did say that I could call and she would pick up. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Aaron. You're live on our podcast. Think again, my friend. The quiz show for the thinking American person.
2: I was thinking again.
3: Um, this Hi. is Brendan. Hi. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, so, Thank you for having me. As I understand it, you were just giving a talk about historical reenactment this evening. Is that correct? That is correct. I just got back. Wow. So, uh, can you, can you give us a a little summary of what you were telling people about?
1: Oh, okay. I gave a demonstration on, let's see, I gave a demonstration on the average dress of a mid 18th century French colonial working class woman who would have been living in Illinois at that time.
3: Now you, you live in Ohio, you live in Chicago and you you grew up in Alton, Illinois.
1: That's true. I lived in Chicago and a group in Alton, Illinois, but this whole region would have been part of um, La Louisiane, wow. Texas, which is a, the French province at the time. Okay. So yes, there were French people running around everywhere.
3: That's amazing. How did you get into this this hobby?
1: My parents were in the Colonial and Drum Corps, which started at the Bicentennial. And actually, I think that might be how they met each other. Wow. Um, yes, my dad was a drummer, my mom was a fiber. and then my aunt got involved because she <laughs> was in the parents' organization, and then she got involved in reenacting in her own right, and now she's, um, she's one of the people that leads a small reenactment, French and Indian War reenactment in rural Indiana. And then she got me into it because my parents had long
3: fallen off the radar. Um, but what you're saying is, is that, that historical reenactment is not is the reason for your existence. It's yes, like your of. parents so met you through mean, it. I, it is your raison d'etre. You, <laughs> can I can I ask can I ask you
4: a question, Erin? Sure. So when when you're reenacting, do you take any special precautions to prevent your actions that you take then from affecting the present time? <laughs> 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 That's what would scare me the most.
1: No, I mostly just throw caution to the wind and see how
3: everything comes out the other side. You're, you're very brave. You're crossing the streams. Thank <laughs> um, So, uh, I had other questions and I can't think of them. Does anybody else have any questions for Aaron? Um, Aaron, have you ever been accused of being farby or a farb? Have, having, i what was it? Have you ever been accused... <laughs> Of being a farb. We've heard there's a lot of farbing and farbs <laughs> and general farbiness. According to a book we read, there's a derogatory term for people who are not serious about reenactment that is the word farb. Uh, I have never been accused of that. And Certainly. I don't think I've ever used that term, but I have definitely rolled my eyes at other people. <laughs> and something that has definitely taken place. People who showed up wearing polyester, you're saying?
1: <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people really embraced this whole wench culture that was not a real I thing.
0: Like, I just want to say, technically, if, the cleavage did exist. <laughs> the cleavage existed, but, you
1: know, if you, <laughs> if you just look at the cleavage, there are plenty of other venues.
3: Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, well, that's all the questions I can think of right now. Thank Wait, you very much. Wait. I
2: actually missed what kind of reenactment you, you do.
1: Oh, um, I do French and Indian
0: War uh, and French fur trade era. So basically 1740s and 1760s. French fur trade era. Yes. So is anybody going to reenact the revenant that you know of? <laughs> uh, not as far as I know. All right. So no, no, <laughs> ba- no bear costumes in your
4: future. All I was—I was, right. was going to say I could get into this because maybe I could be an otter. Is that—is
1: that what they're? You know? that's, that different. That that's different. Is that different? Different thing. Oh,
4: I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. Okay, thanks, Christy.
3: Aaron, as always, it's a delight to talk to you. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast and oh, us, telling us about you.
0: actual reenactment stuff. Have a good night. Thank you.
1: Thank Have a good you. Night. Bye. All
0: right. All right. But, well, you're, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you've used your last lifeline.
3: I have. So I only have one more question. Okay. Which is I want everyone at this table, as part of our collective nostalgia, to reenact your the person opposite the table to you, how they introduced themselves on this podcast at the beginning of the show.
0: <laughs> Tom Henderson and I, and I feel a need to thematically be very appropriate.
4: <laughs> i'm i'm mike this is think again my friend it's my show you bastards
1: <laughs>
4: I, and i and i won the show i won the show
3: Kristen, I sound exactly like this.
1: I re-
0: oh man, I remember that. Those were good times. The face Brendan was making, our listeners could not see it, but there was something ineffably Kristen-like about it. It was uh, a
2: little strange. It was a little uncanny. Like
0: it's like looking into a bad, bad mirror. thank you for listening to uh think again my friend which is produced by kristen mccurdy and myself and starting people that we that who already just reintroduced themselves as others um yeah we have a new url i I hope you're all okay with that because we don't have the old one (laughs) if you want it back you're just gonna have to get it for yourself and then have it
1: Or give it to us. Or
3: give it to us, but... No, we clearly can't be trusted
0: with (laughs) it.
1: Tom,
4: anything
0: to add? Um, What's the URL? Oh, it's (laughs) thinkagainmyfriends.show. Oh. Whoa, whoa. Tell your friends. It's hipper. It's -er, (laughs) nower. It's more podcasting. (laughs) It's got more letters in it. It was too short before. It does. It has one more letter.
2: And it's not .biz.
0: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was... I was kinda of pulling for tamf dot equipment. Uh, but I was voted down. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Okay.
4: Now day. we have to do the next show. Alright.
1: <laughs>
4: we <just> clapped in and <laughs> that show. That was flawless by the way. And now let's turn it off. <laughs>
1: Our theme contains elements from the album, Waves of Energy, by Synthetic Synergy. Our show is copyright 2016, all rights reserved.